back of Inge Britson is going to do in the 1500. He has time to look behind him. 20 years of age, and he is on top of the world. But coming down for a maiden national crown, Cornwall is a champion. Garouge has run his race, or has he? Has he got anything left? El Garouge trying to get there. Kipchoge the junior's there. El Garouge is trying to get to the line. Kenya wins it. Kipchoge takes Vivian Chariot's turn. And what a proud moment for her and the Kenyans. The first woman from her nation to take the 5,000 metre title. Vivian Chariot in Greenland. On the outside, Oli Hall of Australia comes. Jake Whiteman has just spent. It's going to be Chariot and Hall who's going to get it. It's going to be Australia, the gold. Run a night at Singapore's most vibrant night marathon this May. Experience the Sundown Marathon on the Endurance Travel Experience Package from $2,700. All packages include accommodation, transfers, guaranteed race entry, Tarkine shoes and tea, facilitated runs with a professional coach, recovery station access and more. Inquire today by visiting endurancetravel.co and to top it off, every inquiry has the chance to win a Tarkine running pack worth $500. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is truly one of a kind runner and not just because of his incredible amount of marathoning talent at age 25. Regularly clocking 180k weeks north of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, he's best known for his flowing blonde mullet, running in the middle of streets and tram lines, listening to 70s and 80s rock on his phone's loudspeaker, custom embroidered running jackets, his Oakley sunglasses, his Asics shoes, often yet not in retail stores, and of course, his love of the Major League Baseball team, the Chicago Cubs. Challenging the status quo of elite running on a daily basis and earning the nicknames Woody and the Mossman Mullet, there's no denying the talent of Ed Goddard on all surfaces as a New South Wales champion across track, cross country and road, meddling at the 2022 National Cross Country Championships, placing fourth at the 2021 Zapec 10, coming fourth at the World University Half Marathon Championships, our regular on major road running podiums across Australia, including wins in the Blackmoors Bridge Run, second at the 2022 Sea to Surf, and second at last year's Gold Coast Half Marathon. However, it's the marathon that's lured in Ed, and with a pair of two-hour, th uh, two 13-minute performances to his credit at such an early stage in his marathoning career, many are now following the progress of the guy who is shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with Jack Rayner, Brett Robinson, and Liam Adams. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome the Enigma, but also the elite dude next door, Ed Goddard. Welcome, mate. Thank you for having me. We'll say uh, sh shoulder for shoulder for for now, but only only for uh, probably about three quarters of the race. <laughs> <laughs> I had for now in there and I deleted it at the last minute. <laughs> nah, no, for sure. I mean, we're getting there. I've only lost to Liam once in the last few years. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll get to um, plenty of rain chat. I wanted to, um, like your morning run, I wanted to cover some ground uh, early on in terms of your daily uh, training and your usual week. Um, you're clocking 180 to 200K a week. It's it's quite extraordinary, particularly at such a young age as well. You don't see many guys in the early mid-20s um, covering that sort of distance. Do you want to just talk us through your training week and, and also the uh, the daily swims that you do and, and some of the yeah. To help you get that mileage, I mean, honestly, like I think through my last sort of five, six years, I've had a lot of different uh, training philosophies, I guess, um, or different ways to look at the mileage. Like, I mean, I've definitely gone through phases of thinking uh, like the more more is better, or um, or the other school of thought is like runners as less as you uh, can get away with, like whatever that that magic numbers to get you fit. Um, but I mean, I think at the moment that sort of 180 to 200 works very well for a marathon prep. Um, but I think my lot, my latest learning last year is uh, periodization. Um, and so the importance of sort of mixing, mixing it up and sort of getting these micro seasons within, within the year. Um, and I think if I want to be a successful marathon runner over, over a, uh, number of years i think that's going to be the the way forward so yeah it's been it's a learning curve and experienced all this stuff but i think that's what i'm sort of going going all in on um but yeah i mean my week at the moment um is is sort of like so yeah december was pretty chill and then january was 
just a training block at, at the moment. Got a few races coming up and then we'll get back into training for some bigger stuff later in the year. Um, but yeah, at the moment, so the Sundays is anywhere between 90 and two hours. I mean, usually a long run on Thursday and Sunday is sort of my midweek long run. Um, and so I sort of leave it to see how I feel at the end of the week. Uh, Monday, sort of 70, 80 in the morning, 30 in the evening. Uh, Tuesday, track session and uh, 30, 40 in the evening. Wednesday, same as Monday. Thursday, two-hour long run. Uh, Friday, sort of easy day, probably like 70 minutes, we'll say, 70, 80 minutes. Um, and then, yeah, Saturday, long, long session. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so my workouts at the moment as well, been, been keeping pretty simple, been going sort of like longer threshold on Saturday um, and track stuff on um, on Tuesday and trying to get some speed stuff in early in the season (laughs) which i'm sure will kick in sometime but it's it's been tough just trying to get back back into running running fast and i mean also like in sydney training training solo a lot of the time as well so it's um yeah i mean it's going it's going well but you've also got to look at training as something that's sort of feasible and um and is sustainable and i think i've got a good routine with how that goes i get gym in twice a week um but as well, I mean, I've been sort of experimenting a little bit. So I've done a few double workouts, just trying to break the volume up just to make sure I can get some speed work in as well. So, I mean, it's been fun. But, yeah, definitely in a bit of a learning phase at the moment. Um, and I've also just um, added um, Steve Monigetti to my, um, I guess, coaching setup as well. I'm like going to keep working with Gavin because that's – works well and we get on super well but i think having that um uh, that marathon insight is going to be key moving forward yeah yeah fantastic i'll scroll down my list of questions because you mentioned um steve and, and you know really one of the two goats of australian men's marathoning what were some of those conversations yeah. um you, you're having and what sort of advice is he giving you again particularly at, at your sort of you know formative stage of your marathon career I mean, I think it just it's about putting the right sort of roadblocks in in place. Um, just just stuff you can sort of build from. That's going to be sort of sustainable as well. But I guess, um, yeah, looking at sort of mileage and what's what you're able to recover from and what sessions are going to be beneficial. Um, but it's it's interesting. I'm not entirely sure what he's. Um, got in the pipeline, but I'm sort of looking forward to seeing some ideas. Um, but it's funny as well. Cause I mean, uh, as much as we talk about like um, going forward and stuff, it's, it's cool to, to hear him talk about like what worked for him back in the day, or even just how different some things were back in the day, how um, like the term threshold wasn't used, like a lot of stuff like that. I know, um, uh, I know uh, Matt Centrowitz senior, um, and he, he, yeah, like threshold wasn't a um, concept when he was younger. And he sort of it was like, oh, it's just it's hard running. That's what threshold is. But I mean, I guess there's a little bit more science to that. But I mean, it's funny to see how some things sort of change over over time. Um, and I guess that's going to be exciting. Is sort of looking to sort of modernize sort of what what worked for him and and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to touch on a few um, fun questions because I feel like maybe you don't get uh, th- these often uh, enough. You do a lot of running podcasts, but I want to, to switch it up a little bit. Um, awesome. I want to talk about your your Strava game. Um, yeah. So naming all your runs after songs that I believe you listen to on each yeah. run. Um, what sort of, how would you describe your music genre? Um, and can you also describe sort of, how it gets you going, um, the mindset about running with a phone in your hand, yeah. threshold runs and long runs. Like what 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 makes that music and, and work so well together? I mean, I think, my, I guess my genre is pretty broad, but also a lot of people would say it's pretty niche. Sort of just depends how well you know uh, music, I guess. But it's sort of, sort of 60s to 80s kind of style. I mean, I listen to a little bit of 90s um, and some other stuff but I mean it's sort of it's sort of 
like I listen to everything from like so early blues, like early soul, early country, um, and I sort of follow all their roots, whether it be like the Rolling Stones or the Eagles or like George Thorogood or Steve Miller Band, like so many different great bands, um, and I sort of yeah follow them to where they um continue to pump out music in some cases, but yeah, I mean to put it simply, it's um, music made the the proper way, not not with a MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well said. Um, I, I think a lot of people, well, it was, it was sort of put on a platform, um, the way in which you run from some of the photos of this year's Sea to Surf. You came second and ran 41.28. For those who are wondering um, about the Sea to Surf course, a lot of people in Sydney would know it's a very tough course. So it bites like a half marathon. It's a 14K. That's 258s. 258Ks on average for 14K, including Heartbreak Hill, 41.28. You were just behind Liam Ams who won in 41.14, but you ran with your phone. Um, yeah. It's just, and, and it, it just, it just stunned people, including myself. Um, is that just because that's how you train? Is there, is there any, you know, time disadvantage doing that? What, what was the thinking? I mean, I mean, the thinking, I guess, City to Surf being like, uh, I mean, as much as it is a race, it's also a bit of a fun run. I thought I'd just, thought I'd mix it up. I mean, um, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting race, I guess. Um, I mean, I enjoyed the company of the music, but also having Liam throw the kitchen sink at me running up Heartbreak Hill um, was was tough. Um, I, I guess coming back to the training thing, I, I did my first Hills workout in, probably since I broke my foot in 2021 in January, 2021, which is my only, only ever injury, but I sort of neglected Hills since then just being a bit early on. I was a bit scared of sort of the, the impact and the jarring of, of the heel running down. Um, and I sort of never got back into that. And so, yeah, last year Hills were, um, uh, a big weakness of mine. So we've got to start working on that again, but yeah, it was fun. And I think, I mean, I think that's the thing that's most overlooked in running is like at the end of the day, you got to have fun and you got to, um, yeah, you got to be nice to people. You got to have fun and you got to, yeah, you, that's about it. That's two things. <laughs> that's enough to focus on. Love but it. yeah, yeah. Sub, sub three metres and having fun. Not many people can say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, You've you've had your mullet for going on seven years now. It, it is it is part of the look. It is part of your identity. Um, it, you said you grew up when it wasn't fashionable. Um, did you start a trend? Uh, and is it going to survive forever? I mean, I, I I do think I started the trend. I mean, I don't think many runners had it back in back in twenty sixteen. Um, and all thanks goes out to uh, Australians eight hundred meter runner Mason Cohen for for um cutting it himself very very thoughtful um but yeah i mean it's fun and i guess it's i just like having long hair and i mean yeah it's it's good hair kind of like yeah like long hair and it also keeps the sun off my neck and ears and in the harsh australian sun it's a um yeah, it's a haircut that has a few different benefits which is nice <laughs> yeah, absolutely you uv protection i didn't actually think about that one it's a good point yeah i mean i've had four moles cut out from the sun and so oh, is that right yeah big on big on uv protection as of as of now <laughs> good we've got a uh, psa in there as well i like that yes yes wear sunscreen and wear a shirt <laughs> absolutely um the the post-race jackets a lot of people have seen those recently um embroidered flames on what's you know obviously a perfectly exciting plain black asics jacket um yeah. <laughs> when did the idea come up for for the design uh who who actually designs them for you and how can we get this on ASICS stores? How, how can the general public buy one of these? Well, I mean, so basically um, it's like a, they're called nudie suits, which is the named after the um, nudie cone, the, the designer of this, these suits in the sort of 50s, 60s. Um, and the flying burrito band, uh, the birds, and like some of the, these other rock bands that sort of wore these suits, so I was sort of bringing that back. I designed them myself, um, but I don't have too much creative um, ability with what I can find on eBay in terms of uh, patches and fabric and stuff. But I actually 
Um, shout out to Rainer Suits in not Jack Rainer. That's uh, R E I G N E R Suits in <laughs> in Melbourne because I I've sent some stuff down their way and they're making some some stuff up for me for my yeah, suits. Wow. Um, and they're going to be pretty cool because I gave them quite a bit of stuff. So we'll see what see what comes back with some different race kits and um and jackets and stuff. And I think they'll be a bit more um yeah well well made and well tailored. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. Is it, so do do you think that's something that you know could catch on? Because a lot of obviously a lot of people are, are talking about it. And again, it's it's part of the look, right? But um, is that something that you think you know whether it's um embroidered in as well as a, a squad logo or, or or something like that yeah i mean i think it could definitely take off i mean maybe not as um i mean a lot of people like flames but probably not as many people like sort of country and western theme but i think um i mean you look at asics and you look at new balance and some other com- uh, companies that sort of push out some sort of out there pro kits um, and designs, I'm sure. I'm sure that kind of stuff would take off. And I mean, a lot of them have done that, like sort of cherry blossom Japan theme for Asics. Um, I mean, so I'd I'd love to work on that kind of project. I mean, I've been trying to put in put in a word of what I'd like on the on the pro kit for a few years. And so hopefully, um, if you see a sort of Miami Vice pink and blue uh style pro kit on an asics kit you can you can thank me but it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't come through quite yet but yeah give it time give it to, just just like the, the the marathon times give it time exactly. we'll, we'll give it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the, the the last fun question i want to touch on your your love affair with the chicago cubs um hashtag go cubs features on every instagram post of yours um i loved the quote on your Ina profile um why you chose to run for them is because the cubs play in new york yearly <laughs> <laughs> uh in in 2016 they, they did win the the world series for the first time in 108 years also coincides with the growing out of the mullet i uh, can you know, can't, um yeah whether that's a coincidence or not i'm not sure um you know yeah. you, your love of baseball i like a lot of people see the hashtag but probably don't actually realize that you are an adamant follower of the cubs you want to just talk about how you got into the team and, and yeah i mean so, like, I'm a yeah, big Cubs fan. My parents used to live in Chicago. Um, but I think, I mean, the thing about baseball is they play so much. They play 164 regular season game plus, and that's each team, um, and plus the postseason. So you could watch, like, 180 games from your favorite team a year, which is basically every day. Um, and so it sort of becomes a bit of a lifestyle when you follow it. Um, in depth and I really enjoy that as well because it sort of gives me um, it's sort of like like music in the sense like it's something that's sort of in your day and you can follow and it takes your mind off um, running and hopefully puts you in a good headspace um, sometimes sometimes not it's been a not the best last two seasons but I'm sure they'll be back on good track but I mean it's sort of like music I mean coming back to that kind of thing like I listen to sort of when I'm running fast like I listen to uh like fast rock music but when i'm jogging or post session i sort of try to bring my um mood down listening to some sort of more um chill like sort of country rock or soul or uh blues kind of stuff and i think i mean i think that's important just to have different interests and hobbies in life um but yeah i mean i love baseball um i got a friend who plays for the um pittsburgh pirates organization uh which is pretty cool um I may or may not be better at baseball than him. <laughs> nah, I mean, maybe. Challenges uh, out. <laughs> challenges out. Um, we went down the nets and had a hit, which was cool in my um, mini off season, we'll say. Um, but, I mean, it, it's good and, like, yeah, but I love sport. Like, I love cricket. I watched every single Big Bash uh, game. Like, I love uh, rugby. I love football. I love athletics to a point. Sometimes it's a little bit hard to – follow because you can't actually really watch it anywhere <laughs> but um but yeah it's cool i mean I, I, yeah i love sport and um and it's cool to see people sort of pursue their um careers and and do different things all around the world um yeah and so it's it's nice to um yeah balance it all out and i think that's the way to live life yeah that's really cool Good stuff. Um, I'll get on to the running chat now. I, I think that the listeners will probably want to hear a little bit more about running, which is yeah. fair enough. Um, you you are quoted saying, I love running. It allows 
me to get everything out of life, which I love to spend time with others, to go to cool places and to listen to elite music. A lot of those you've, you've already touched on. Um, you know, do you want to just describe without going to great till, do you want to just describe, you know, how, how you did get into running it and maybe just some of the highlights of your junior career? Like what did you love about yeah. growing up? I mean, I think like the thing that really pulled me towards running is sort of like, is, I mean, it's like as simple as running. It's like, it's super fun. Like you get endorphins. Like, you can go cool places and, like, you can hang out with mates. And also, like, within reason, the the, e- the effort you put in is what you get out of it. And I say within reason because sometimes uh, running 200K a week probably isn't the most conducive thing to running a fast 5K, or we'll say. But um, but I think if you do it well, um, it'll, it'll all work out, which is cool. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I love... Um, and like especially being lucky enough to run pro which is like which was a dream of mine since I was a little kid um, and just like being able to wake up every day go for a run see Sydney or wherever in the world you are and just like be fit and healthy doing that um, and then like yeah go to the beach after like I mean I've got I'm lucky enough to have a lot of cool sponsors as well like recovery lab and ice bath there and 4d where I do gym and like I train a lot of my running stuff on my own, so it's it's good to have a team I can do gym around. Um, and I mean that kind of stuff. Like it's 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 awesome to like experience all this stuff and be surrounded by like-minded people. I mean, and even sometimes like you're surrounded by people who like uh, I don't know they they value your your uh, like input or you hanging out with them or your advice like it's cool as well to sort of be able to help lift other people up or like I mean vice versa or like yeah be sort of lifted up by other people but I mean I think that's like as simple as running can be um I mean and the other thing is like I guess with running is you can't over complicate it because like when I was when I was younger like in my head like I always I mean, this sounds kind of arrogant, but it's not meant to be. But, like, I always knew I would be good. And, like, when I was coming, like, nowhere near first and not making nationals and not making state teams all the way up until year 11, like, I mean, I think a lot of people, if you try to overcomplicate it and you try to be too results-based, you might get a bit sort of discouraged. But, I mean, in your head, like, if you just want something enough, uh, and you sort of believe hard enough and you put in the work, um, like you will get out what you put in. And I think that was like the thing growing up, like I wasn't, wasn't anything special. Um, I mean, even in year 11 made nationals for the first time, I came 22nd in the 3k and then I came eighth or seventh in cross country nationals. Um, and then the year after in not the strongest field, at nationals, but I came second, which was, which was cool. And that's sort of like, I was super pumped about that. But I mean, I just sort of always believed like it's to a, it's to a plan and you just got to just keep on putting one foot in front of the other. And like, I mean, even racing in Melbourne last week, like I had a terrible race. Like, I mean, I've had a few, I've had three bad races that like spring to mind. I had one in 2018 where like I ran, came last at state 3k and then three weeks later i came sixth zatapec and i was 19 in the opens race and like it was like in front of me were all guys who are olympians and then it was me and like i was like wow but like three weeks before i ran 850 for 3k and came last at new south wales i mean i had a bad race in in america in in a 3k as well um, and then I ran a 5k PB three weeks later. And, I mean, Melbourne last week, it wasn't great, but I mean, that's a thing you can't be discouraged by, by one bad result. If you're, if you're sticking to a plan and you're doing what you know is right. Um, and you just believe in yourself, like, yeah, just don't, just don't get discouraged. You just gotta, yeah, just underthink it. Like that beer ad says, like, there's no point of stressing about stuff that's happened or about stuff that that shouldn't have happened you know what I mean because like nothing's gonna come of that and so I mean that's my sort of philosophy is is just like yeah believe in yourself and everything's 
going to work out fine, which is, I don't know, so far so good, I guess. <laughs> I, th- I think they say trust the process, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they, they do say trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's like i'm actually glad you touched on some of the challenges because i I was actually going to mention a few years ago i remember we were chatting on a a warm down around the track one day and and you're talking about your iron deficiencies as well um you you know you haven't had many injuries and and many massive roadblocks but what are some of the things that you have used you know trust trusting that philosophy of yours is, is that one of the major things that you sort of tap into when you are going through a bad patch yeah i mean definitely I mean, and the thing is, like, there are bad patches. I mean, the thing that's interesting as well is, like, thinking about um, thinking about running and, and stuff is, like, um, I mean, it's funny because, like, having had low iron, having had, like, red S as well, which is, like, energy deficiency. Um, I mean, they're things, like, I've only learned about after they've happened, which when you're, like, an elite athlete, you would have, think people would sort of tell you or educate you on these things before they happen i mean it's crazy like i run with a lot of younger kids especially who like um who i can see like running into these problems or coming back from these problems and i mean it's almost like getting sort of younger and younger you know what i mean like i'm running with like high school kids who are like having uh, iron infusions and stuff and it's sort of like it's crazy how this sort of level of education is not not more out there because i mean that affects everyone from when they're sort of like 12 or 13 to when they're like you know 50 60 you know what i mean like yeah and i think that's the thing like i think all runners should should take iron i think all runners should get blood tests um but i mean it's crazy i think a lot of runners like they sort of pretend they share a lot of information but they don't really because like I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because a lot of runners are sort of in, introverted. But, I mean, it's yeah, it is kind of weird how, like, um, yeah, a lot of this is stuff you don't really hear about until it's you're feeling – you've been feeling tired for a few months and you have a bad race and you get a blood test um, or, something, or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I find that super interesting and I definitely, like, want to help people or, like, want to – I don't know. It'd be it'd be cool if that changes because I think that'd help a lot of a lot of people out for I mean that's a yeah, other thing is like yeah, you see a lot of high school kids who like sort of burn out like just after they finish school and it's like damn, like these kids are like 18, 19, like why are you peaking now? You know what I mean? Like you gotta look after your bodies. Um and I guess that comes from like coach education, but it sort of comes from the running community and even brands and um runners and stuff try to trying to educate everyone so i mean hopefully that sort of changes but i'm sure it will <laughs> i'm sure it will i think i think talking about it's a really really good point as well and and feeling comfortable to talk about it as well is a big thing as well so yeah thank, thanks for sharing that matt um, yeah. i want to talk about some of kind of your, your breakout performances particularly on the road and one spring smile straight away it was your um third place at the gold coast half marathon um and you came third in that race in 6407 it kind of felt like that was like a turning point for your road running is that that right yeah for sure for sure that was definitely like my first big big race i mean it was funny as well i ran that in like old school um adidas flats it's okay you won't get in trouble for saying that will you i won't get in trouble (laughs) 2018 um but yeah like super shoes were like just brand new on the market. Um, and I had a pair of next percents, um, or four percents. Um, but I was like, nah, these aren't, these aren't it. Like these old school flats are lighter, faster. I mean, and everyone else was running in these new shoes, but I just like, it was funny. Like in, in hindsight, like it's crazy how like shoe technologies come so far, but I mean, it's cool. Like, running with Jack Rayner, I think that was probably one of his breakout performances too because he got signed by Nike off the back of that. Um, he ran, what, 60, 63.40 or something. And then he won Commonwealth half a few months later. Which, which you were a part of as well. On the, on the team with him, sharing a room with him, which was cool. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was definitely one race. Um, but, I mean, and it was such a good feeling running 
running that and just experiencing like the front pack of a, a big road race running with like Colas Birmingham and and there was a, a Kenyan guy called William Chaboy. Um, Liam Adams was in the race too. Um, and yeah, yeah, so Colas, he went, yeah. And so, I mean, it was crazy like running running in a big pack and guys dropping out and you're sort of one of the only one left in the in the group. Um, and that was like one of those addictive feelings which you want to feel over and over again for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned like, you know, saying that some of these names, Jack Rayner, Liam Adams, like it, you start to get your first taste of running with these guys and you've run a lot of races since in the last five years. Have you got for a really sure. good relationship with those guys? And, and do you feel sort of the distance between Sydney and Melbourne a little bit? You know, racing them quite regularly, then they go back their way and you go back your way? Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, I think everyone at the top end sort of respects each other. Um, and, like, I mean, I like Brett. I'm sure he maybe likes me. I'm sure he likes me um, to a point. But, like, <laughs> it's funny how, like, you can go in, like, a room with someone at, um, like, London Marathon and then you sort of won't speak to them until you see them sort of next year at a, a race or something. You know what I mean? It's, and I think that is the sort of distance between Sydney and Melbourne um and i guess everyone sort of goes back into their own cliques um and everyone sort of just puts their head down um and goes back to work kind of thing but i mean it's interesting like we definitely all get on and like we all warm down together and um like when we're hanging out like it's it's fun everyone gets on but but i think yeah a lot of a lot of running groups are sort of clique based or like um yeah like area based but I mean, everyone does get on pretty well. I think. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, cool. cool. Which is which is cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think the running world like is nice, and I mean, traveling around and racing like it's cooler. Different people you sort of meet, um, and so sort of, like I mean, you, you get dinner with like maybe I don't know, like Valencia. Like at the table, it was me and my good friend from Italy, Pietro, who runs for Asics as well um there was a british guy emil caress who came um uh second at european cross country um and then it was like um constance klosterhaufen um like ed cheserek um some big names yeah um ben flanagan uh parker stinson like yeah like big names and like everyone sort of gets on really well and and i guess running is obviously that mutual connection but it is cool because like um yeah i mean everyone's kind of an acquaintance like as soon as you actually get to know someone like you've already got that sort of like common ground which is which is cool and um i mean i'm sure that's the same with cricket and like guys playing in the ipl and and meeting guys from different countries and i and i guess that is the same in the sense that like i mean like running against other guys, like you've obviously got this competitive like nature against them. But, but at the end of the day, everyone's an athlete. Everyone's doing this for their job. And, um, and it's cool to sort of be in, in that atmosphere. And yeah. And that's what I really want to um, sort of burst through. That's, I think that's my next sort of breakthrough is sort of running uh, like, not just well on the road scene or like not like yeah pretty good but like actually running like solid good times on that international stage um yeah because like it's that'd be pretty cool <laughs> yeah I, and like you know you obviously have the talent your, your debut uh in melbourne in december 20 sorry october 2021 uh yeah. 15 13 uh which i know you sort of rue a little bit to this day yeah. that you you could have gone a little bit better. Um, do you sure. want to just describe that debut? I know not not on the yeah. not on the details at the end because I know you didn't have the best finish. Yeah. But, but what what that what that race mean to you? And and you know, did you realize before that race? Yep, marathons for me, or was it sort of after you finished? I mean, that was that was kind of the back end of a crazy crazy year, and so it was December. Um, oh, it was December. Sorry, so it got delayed it, from. It October. did. It got delayed yeah. from October. Um, and so started out the year coming fourth at Zadapec. Um, and, and that was what Jack, Brett, no, no, Brett, Jack, Dave McNeil, and then me, um, and around 28, 23 there. 
and then three weeks later broke my foot. And then I got the blood. How'd you, how'd you do that? Just over over training, not looking after the the body. Because I mean, that's that was the thing. Once my iron was sorted, like I was like, oh, that's the body's all good. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I need to make sure. Like I didn't really know anything else. You know what I mean? Like I just assume like iron good, energy good. That's good. You know what I mean? Um, and so yeah, broke my foot, got a blood test, not the best results. Like went back to obviously trying to get everything back up, which is hard because like I like my testosterone was like low, 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 and you can't take testosterone because testosterone is a steroid. Like that's like the most illegal thing you could <laughs> you could do, <laughs> unless you're on um, uh, I don't know professional cycling team and you. Have- <laughs> Ue, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, so like, was trying to get that up, and then with the my first vaccine, had like heart palpitations, and so like I first noticed that because my heart rate got to two hundred and twenty on an easy jog. Wow, and that's not yes. just that's not just my like oh my my polar watch is reading incorrectly. That's like <laughs> oh, shit. I don't think I can actually get home because like it's up a hill. Like wow. that was pretty scary, pretty bad. Um, and then I had like a lot of other sort of issues off the back of that. Got the all clear two weeks before NCAA or the week before NCAA regionals. Told my coach, "Hey, do you want me to come back for the nationals?" On the I told him on this Monday. I flew out to America on the Wednesday. I raced in no, I flew out on the Tuesday. Raced in America on the actually no i flew out of australia on the wednesday raced regionals on the friday and then made nationals and then raced nationals the week after then came back to australia and then two weeks later raced melbourne and so i mean i only had like four or five weeks of actual running not ultra g based um and from the heart like a lot of the stuff like i get could get our mileage with sort of the weight weight taken off um but i just couldn't really do that sort of high energy stuff and so i went in a bit underdone but i went in used to running for a long period of time because i'd been doing big mileage um and i felt really good in the marathon i thought the marathon was the easiest event in the world until 38 k's um and i mean maybe this was a product of melbourne marathon not putting my drinks out and having just to share a bottle with Tom DeCano the whole way. Um, or maybe it was the fact it was summer or maybe the fact I wasn't that fit, but I ran a seven minute last mile and went from being head to head with Brett with like two Ks a mile to go to coming third. <laughs> so I was, I mean, it was bittersweet cause like I ran like 98% of a good race and it just sort of fell, fell to pieces a little bit at the end. Um, and I mean, that's kind of coming back to like working with Steve Monaghetti now, that's kind of, um, I think the thing which like Gav, me and Steve can sort of work on is like planning to, um, minimize like risks of a marathon, not going quite well. Like obviously like I ran Manchester marathon and I sort of cramped up in the last four Ks. Um, and I had but I had had COVID and salmonella like two weeks before that. Um, and there was like a, f- a few other marathons and there's always been like an excuse or something that I know hasn't been right. Um, but I think if something happens repeatedly, it's like you got to plan better. Um, and that's sort of what I'm looking f- to do uh, this year is plan better. Yeah. And so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. 2023 is the year, mate. I hope so. That was a <laughs> sorry, that was a long answer. That was a bit of a roller coaster, but I think I answered it. <laughs> I, I think no, you did, and I think the the learnings are the big part. And and no one gets the the marathon right on you know, or very few people get right on on you know first go or second go, or even you know in your, <laughs> your case the fourth or the fifth go. Do you, yeah. do you draw a little bit of inspiration from guys like like Brett, who now has the Australian record? And he he nailed one after the digestive issues, the, you know, the DNFs, the, like it's, does that performance and, and also Sinead as well in the women's marathon, does that sort of 
feel like again a turning point for Australian marathon phone like yeah actually we, we can be world-class athletes over 42k I mean like I think I like I admire how Brett goes about his work more than I sort of like admire his race because I sort of knew he was capable of that if you know what I mean yep yeah um and I guess like the fact you probably took a bit longer to reach that I mean obviously it shows how hard the marathon is but I think like now he's sort of got it right. Like he's probably look at that period as something to sort of put behind him. Um, but I mean, looking at like Sinead, like, I mean, she's been running well for, for, for years and also like uh, being like 45. I mean, like obviously male and female athletes are different, but like it does show like the longevity of the event and how, like, if you look after your body, like you can be running well at that age. And I think that's, the thing I sort of can take away from both of them is sort of like, um, is that sort of thing. Like if you do look after your body and you are like process driven and you are like methodical with how you go about things, like you can have a long sustainable career. Um, and that's sort of what I look for. And like my first year of sort of marathoning was a bit up and down, but like, I feel, feel like I learned like a lot of the big, um, the big learning curves and so hopefully this year can sort of um can yeah have a bit of a bit of a crack and i mean honestly like uh california marathon the last one i ran like i thought like i mean it sounds random like i thought it was gonna be my day but but like honestly like i i felt like amazing um and then i stood on a road cone and rolled my ankle and so i mean it was like you know what I mean? But that's the, chances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so annoying. Um, but it, it was funny. Like, I, I'd done everything right in that race. Like, I'd tapered well. Like, uh, I mean, I had to lead quite a quite a bit of it because there was no pacer. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I thought I was on. And then next thing you know, I mean, it was funny. Like, we are in the front pack and I was doing alternating leads with um, Jacob Thompson who um uh, like it, it was funny like everything was so it was working like clockwork i'd lead head lead i'd lead head lead all of a sudden like he has to go off to the side of the road to go to the toilet and then like 30 seconds later like i think just the fact things had changed i was a bit like like i don't know it just threw things up in the air and then lapse of concentration and roll my ankle and then he comes back onto the front and like in a time of the race where we could have sort of put the foot down a little bit it was sort of back to um having to protect myself again which was which was annoying <laughs> yeah crazy um thanks for talking us through that I, I feel like a lot of people probably didn't actually know what happened in, in california so th- thanks for going through that mate yeah um, i mean a hard sport to watch yeah <laughs> well, we'll get there with them some live streams eventually yeah, we'll i think i think they are getting better technology is getting better and the coverage is getting better but um they yeah. are but i mean yeah yeah <laughs> work, work in progress yeah, um true. i wonder i want to talk about the the opportunities we've got coming up for the the marathoning world particularly for australia um you know world champs this year paris olympic games next year possibly all things equal uh or sorry all things going well for sydney a world major in 2025 the sydney rain festival um looking to become the seventh world major 2026 commonwealth games in victoria and it's hard to believe you're only going to be 34 years old come brisbane 2032 yeah. uh, it's 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 a really exciting sort of decade for marathoning but also athletics in australia what does that sort of look like to you? Like, are you looking sort of five, 10 years down the line? Do you still think you're going to be running in 10 years? And and what do you think for it means also just for the, the I guess, the fan base of, of running in Australia, what do you think the opportunities mean for the sport in general, whether that be commercial value, more athletics on TV, like you've said, um, things like that, that we can actually, yeah, follow the sport like the BBL and, you know, other sports, yeah. major sports in Australia? I mean, I think... I'm going to break that question down into a few different points. First point, like I know Wayne Laden behind Sydney Marathon super well. And like, I I know for a fact, like these guys are going to get it up and running. Cause like, I mean, the event last year was awesome and I'm sure it's just going to get better and better. Um, and having like 
there's no better city in the world to to run around from like a scenery point of view um than sydney so just like it just makes sense and i'm sure i'm sure they'll get it off which is super cool and i definitely want to race that uh i mean the the next sort of points like i do look sort of 10 years down the head um and that's why i'm not too sort of stressed out about what's sort of happening at the moment and i'm happy to sort of try a few things because i know when i do get that um the run of things like it's just going to sort of fall together which i hope um but i mean like last year like a bit up and down but i mean i got out a good year of training which i wasn't able to do the year before um and that was like a big confidence booster for me and so i'm sure having that behind me uh going into this year like i'll be able to just get back into that swing of things with some confidence and a bit more planning. Um, but yeah, I definitely plan to be running until, I mean, Brisbane and longer, like, yeah, like Mebka Flesky. I mean, Kipchoge is probably 45 as well. Like, let's be real. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, but I think, I mean, there, there definitely are um, opportunities as well for the fan base. And I, I do hope athletics uh, in Australia sort of takes off, but I mean, I mean, like any sport, you have to invest for it to um for it to to grow. And I think nothing's more um evident than like you look at a lot of these new women's sports and stuff, and how like uh, cricket Australia set up the Big Bash, uh, the WBBL. Like obviously, like there's there is a market to watch women's cricket, but if they just let teams set it up themselves. And just sat back and were like, "Oh yeah, we'll pop, we'll put on TV when, when it's big enough, and they want to put on TV." You know what I mean? Like, you do need people to invest in it and be like, "No, we're going to help set up these franchises. We're going to, um, we're going to put on TV here." Um, and the thing is, like, I mean, it's it's great. Like, a lot of athletics is on Foxtel, but I mean, it'd be it'd be even better if it was on free to wear because, um, it's just viewed more, um. But that's the thing as well. Like, I mean, even, I mean, I'm not, a, I don't bet at all on sport, but like, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy how like you can bet on everything but athletics and you look at like how many Premier League or especially in the championship over in England, like how many teams are sponsored by betting companies. I think, I think sports do need to sort of maximize um, how they can make a profit. And the thing is like, if it's on TV, if it's talked about in the right light, not like some current news, which is not the right light. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. where athletics can grow and become a sort of more household sport. And like, I'm sure a lot of people know who Ollie Hoare is after, um, uh, after com games. But like, if I'm, if I'm just some random dude watching TV at home, like I wouldn't have seen that name in the news since then. You know what I mean? So I mean, yeah, it's not. It's it's a, it's a great point. I think it. Yeah, the the, the free to air TV conversations are rages on. Um, whether we're closer or not, you know, uh, Athletics Australia just announced today that the the Track Classic series is going to be on Seven Plus. So whether that's a step yeah. in the right direction, it probably is. Of course, like all things in athletics, and you know, putting on my work hat for a second, it it yeah. takes money, it takes commercial yeah. backing. Um, but I think you're right. The the investment is is the important part there. It's not just money. It's it's resource yeah. in terms of time and people as well. For sure. But I'm 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 sure like the fact the olympics and stuff like i'm i'm sure these companies will, will make a um i don't know bigger profit margin if they're sponsoring the olympics and they can get this stuff in the news before before that as well so that'll be interesting but i mean i guess the other thing like you've seen a lot in america is the setting up of pro teams um i spoke to uh yos hermans the director for nn running i spoke to him in in london for ages and he he said he'd love to leave that legacy behind of setting up a more um i don't know competitive and able to be uh followed sort of track road running scene and i guess you see it in japan i mean running's huge in japan and they're all company-based teams i mean i'm sure you could see that in australia and i mean i'd love to set up a team in sydney because like there's a huge market for it i'm sure like there's like 
nine, ten million people in New South Wales. Like it'd be it'd be awesome to get a get a team up and running here. Um, and I think the stuff like that will just help uh, build the sport, which would be cool. Yeah, Watch the space proteins so. in Australia. Oh, getting exciting, mate. Trust. Uh, <laughs> Um, mate, that's a, that's a really good segue into my last question. Th- and thanks so much for your time. It, it's no been worries. awesome catching up. Um, I, I just want to talk about the exactly that, that the running landscape. And you know, obviously you're you're an ASICS athlete, um, also with Oakley 4D uh, performance, as you said. So you, you've got some commercial backing and starting to put out some some really cool content on your channels. It seems like this, it feels like we know the athletes really well, but at the same time, they're still this enigma on social media. I feel like there's a lot of people who also view your profiles that like your, your Ed Goddard on Instagram, but it's like, where do I see Ed run? Like, like yeah. where, 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 you know, like you see, you see the BBL franchise. I can see the Sydney Sixers at the Sydney cricket ground. Where can I see Ed Goddard's next race? And and I guess the, the, um the continuum between social media and actually reality and, and having fans at events. And that's what people keep talking about. Where are the fans at Sydney Track Classic? Where are the yeah. fans at the, the national championships? Why why can't we get the same fan base as who goes out to watch the, the marathon trials for the, the US Olympic team? What do you think are some of the things along the way outside what you've talked about already to actually sort of bridge that gap between social media and yeah, we actually have following in our sport now. So I, I, I think I know what this is. So when I was in Spain, I was, um, I was staying with uh, Matt Fox from Sweat Elite. Um, and we we're talking about this one athlete who's a European athlete. Um, and he's the kind of sort of guy who posts like everything on social media, massive, like post race recaps, um, and like sort of it comes across a li- as a little bit arrogant but we were sort of talking about how the running culture in Europe is different to Australia and how um I, I think Australians like they're very laid back and they're not really the type to like be like hey I'm gonna like come and race here come and watch me like I'm feeling good like I think a lot of Australians just sort of like to chill out and let things happen and i mean the other thing is like so this this guy he had his girlfriend or wife running his uh instagram account for for this race um and like there was all this pre-race stuff and there was like a 5k update and then there was a go uh, there was a 10k update and then like he sort of blew up in the race and his girlfriend was on his phone like putting out a 15k update and he's like in the women's pack now and he's like one of he went he was an olympian and like he's i mean obviously like the women running really fast in this race but like he was in the women's pack and then like in the last photo he's having a sprint finish with like one of these girls and he had ran like a time way slower than his pb and it was kind of like through trying to do the right thing like showing to his fans like um showing to his fans like oh like i'm doing this and follow me and this is how i'm going it kind of can sort of backfire if it's not going the way you want you know what i mean and i think that sort of comes back to it being really hard for an individual to be able to put out that sort of content because it can it can be sort of awkward as if how you sort of um how you'd like display this kind of thing or like how you can show people you're going to race here. And I know, I mean, I always try to, I mean, I don't always try to be, I, I, but I, I do my best to like, be like, Oh, I'm racing here in this race. But it's funny. Cause like London marathon, I'd really tried to do that. And London was a terrible race for me. Um, and so it was sort of hard because like you put like a lot of expectation a lot of people like oh how are you gonna how are you going like how are you feeling and then like you got like 50 messages the night before the race or more and then like all of a sudden after the race like you've got friends and family who've come out to watch you in london like like yeah friends who are over in london watching people watching on tv and like all of a sudden like post-race you got like 200 messages from people being like oh like sorry to 
like what happened and stuff like that. And it, it, it was hard because like I always go and answer every message, but it was it was really hard like going through um and sort of having to like explain to people it was a bad race. Um and I think a lot of runners sort of play like under the radar until it goes well. You know what I mean? Um and so I, I guess it comes back to you can't just rely on on runners to um to put out the content i guess like brands and stuff as well have to um have to do that kind of stuff because like you never like you you never go onto like i don't know cameron green's instagram or like or like usman quadra's instagram and he's not like hey everyone like tune in tomorrow morning i'm going to be opening the batting in the boxing day test you know? <laughs> it's a re- it's a really funny point that like you have that, that does sound really weird in yeah. professional sports and it's like if he, if he got a duck or something he's not posting an instagram story being like oh it wasn't <laughs> my day today like i got a duck you know what i mean it's like in the media and it's it's all he doesn't have to worry about that but yeah. running because i guess it's a smaller um market and stuff a lot of these runners have to sort of uh put like emotions aside or whatever and try to like spread out the news but it's it's tough as well like i mean i raced really badly like last week in melbourne like i'm i'm not gonna post about on my instagram because like i don't think anything's gonna come of it you know what i mean like i'm happy to share on a podcast but but just putting up like an instagram story or or uh like i mean that's the other thing like if you have a really bad race and you put up a photo you know what I mean? Like sometimes people are like, oh, like why are you putting a photo of a really bad race? Which I, I never, like, really like to do. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it is tough. But yeah, I mean, like, if you're playing like basically any other sport in the world, like you have a one bad, like you have a bad race, and everyone can be like, oh, like that's exactly how fitty is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. There's like a lot of pressure on every performance, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're like playing baseball and you like strike out three times in a game, everyone's like, "Oh, he hit an unlucky game," or like he wasn't on tonight, or like in cricket you get a duck, or like in rugby you miss a few tackles. Everyone's like, "Oh, I'll be back up next week." No, he's he's good, but it's it's funny with running how like um uh everyone sort of just bases you off how like uh single performances or or something like that, and I guess it's it's funny because like it's just that kind of sport where um i mean i think there's just so much more to it um and that's that's the thing i think people just sometimes like keeping their head down and getting on with the work um and then when it's like a meaningful race maybe they'll post more about that kind of stuff but in the meantime i guess like other people and like the media outlets probably have to do a lot of the other work in australia We'll, we'll do our, we'll, I'll do my job. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try and do my job. Uh, yeah, never never putting my girlfriend on the uh, the old Instagram stories to recap a race. Because, I mean, if that happened in London, that'd be very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Great insight, mate. Um, I'm going to finish on a high. 2023, it, it's it's a new year. You've got five marathons under your belt. Um, the, the world's your oyster. It, is World Champ something that, that you'd be interested in doing if you make the team? I mean, I'd love to do world champs. Like if I happen to somehow make it onto a team, that'd be awesome. I mean, I think probably before the selection window closes, I'll race one half marathon. Um, but I've kind of gone with a more long-term sort of plan this year. So I won't race any more marathons before the selection window. Um, Is that for I, the Olympics? For the world champs. Oh, world champs. Yep. Yep. Um and like the half I do, I mean, a lot of the good halves are sort of February, March, and I'm probably going to be looking more sort of April timing. I just want to get a few months of just solid work under my belt, kind of replicate that sort of COVID year of um, of just being able to train and just train through. Um, and so we'll see, but I mean, I'm not sure if there's going to be too many like super quick halves because, I mean, that's the one thing with athletics, like, in the world like you do get these uh few races which are super fast like maragami or like those races in seville or valencia um or copenhagen half like so i mean there's none of those things on um and so we'll see where i race and how fast i run um 
But but like yeah, obviously I'd love to do world champs. But I think the big focus will be getting a good mar, getting probably two good marathons in this year, um, and seeing seeing how that goes as well. Um, but I mean Steve's sort of big on um just getting a block of training done, and then when I'm fit, sort of looking to target a race rather than setting a date and um and sort of working towards the date. It's sort of putting in the work and um i sort of know when i'm ready i guess awesome. which would be cool but yeah it'll be interesting to see see what happens and i mean i got some cool workouts and i mean i like how Ga- gavin's been sort of pushing me on a lot of speed work um which i'm sure will absorb soon but i think i'm yeah haven't done this kind of training in a few years and so I'm sure it'll show more benefits, uh, probably getting into the winter road season. But yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. awesome. Mate, thanks so much for your time. It's after 9 p.m. Uh, go have some dinner and get to bed. You got another 30K on the, the program tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> um, it's been it's been awesome, mate. I really appreciate your time. All the best for 2023. No doubt we'll be checking in with you um in in the in the near future um so yeah to the next marathon and to the next training block Sweetas, thanks for staying back at the office for me <laughs> thanks mate Sweetas, see ya